Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the pages of Dominion, a fascinating exploration into how Christianity has influenced the evolution of the Western world. Spanning over three millennia, this book weaves a narrative that traces the transformative impact of Christian thought, from its humble beginnings to its profound permeation into various facets of modern culture, including music. Our guide through this historical journey is Tom Holland, a historian of immense repute. Not only is he a celebrated author, but also a recipient of prestigious accolades such as the Hessel Tiltman Prize for History awarded to his work Rubicon, The Triumph and Tragedy of the Roman Republic, and the Runciman Award from the Anglo-Hellenic League for his book Persian Fire. Dominion is a must-read for those who have a passion for expansive historical surveys, individuals seeking a fresh perspective on European heritage, and readers who are eager to challenge their preconceptions of Christianity's essence and legacy. Get ready to embark on a remarkable odyssey through time that illuminates the indelible mark of a spiritual doctrine on the collective consciousness of the West. Dominion, How the Christian Revolution Remade the World Introduction The Enduring Influence of Christianity Through History Imagine stepping into a world woven with threads of ancient beliefs, ambitious empires, and revolutionary ideas, all converging to shape the civilization we know today. Whether you've sat in a church pew or simply heard the toll of church bells, the waves of Christianity have rippled through your life in one form or another. This isn't just the story of a religion. It's the saga of how Christian values have nestled into the bedrock of human culture. Embark on a walkthrough of history, from the early whispers of Christian doctrine in the cauldron of ancient civilizations to the pivotal role it played through the collapse of colossal empires like Rome. Journey with us from the tumultuous upheavals of the Protestant Reformation to the conquering sails of European settlers, and eventually to the iconic cultural shifts heralded by the likes of the Beatles and Martin Luther King Jr. This narrative is one of transformation and endurance, illustrating not only how Christianity adapted, but also how it perpetually molded the fabric of society. As we dive into this epic chronicle, you'll uncover the origins of the chilling practice of crucifixion and its adoption into the history of Christianity, the clash between science and faith that put Galileo under the watchful eyes of the Church, and the surprising shifts in Adolf Hitler's stance on Christianity amid his infamous reign. Join us on this compelling journey through time, exploring Christianity's indelible imprint on the global canvas and how its echoes continue to resonate to this very day. Part 1 the ancient tapestry of beliefs that paved the way for Christianity's rise. Step back in time and picture the vast, intricate web of cultures that set the stage for one of history's most influential religious movements. This prelude to Christianity's story begins not in quiet contemplation, but amid the stark contrasts of political and philosophical ideals across ancient civilizations. The stage is set with Persian rulers, Greek philosophers, Roman lawgivers, and devout Jewish communities. The Persians were famed for their stark approach to justice, notably their harrowing crucifixion method, 
which served as a deterrent and a warning to those watching. The one on the cross was deemed to have made a grave choice against the truth and light, the ideals cherished by Persian theology, where the king played the role of a divine enforcer of cosmic law. The Greeks, spearheaded intellectually by such thinkers as Aristotle, saw the world through a lens of intrinsic hierarchy, where everything from the cosmos to the common citizen had its place. Their thoughts wove through the fabric of rationality and reason, giving birth to a societal model that exalted the Greeks and diminished others to a state of servitude. Enter the Romans, architects of an empire that drank deep from the wells of Greek philosophy. They too were Stoics, trusting in a logical and ordered universe, comprehensible through the meticulous observation of nature's laws. The invitation to morality and virtue was open to all, regardless of status. Each person carried within them the spark of the divine, manifesting as conscience. Yet, within the Roman Empire's expanse, the Jewish nation stood out for its unyielding monotheism and a personal connection to their single, covenant-keeping God. The Hebrew scriptures and commandments passed down from Mount Sinai were their moral compass. Their unshakable faith was a testament to the endurance of religious identity. But on the fringes of these established beliefs, a tempest was brewing in the Roman colonies near Jerusalem. Here, followers of a man named Jesus who had suffered the brutal crucifixion they had abhorred continued to claim him as the Son of God, asserting that he had conquered death itself. In the midst of this turmoil, we find Paul, a Jewish scholar convinced of the dangerous fallacy of this nascent sect, yet in a twist of destiny, the fervor with which he sought to eradicate the followers of Jesus would soon be matched only by the ardor with which he championed their cause, becoming one of the most pivotal figures in the spread of Christianity. Part 2. Paul's visionary transformation reframes Christianity in a world of chaos. The tale takes a dramatic turn with Paul, a figure aligning destiny with divine intervention, on the road to Damascus, where a brilliant light seals his fate as a herald of the nascent Christian faith. Henceforth, danger would lace his every step, as he promulgated a gospel of love that transcended lineage, learning and locale. Paul's letters, dispatched to the intellectuals of the Mediterranean, championed a simple yet profound tenet love and faith in Christ's sacrifice. He proclaimed that Jesus had cast aside divine privilege, embraced servitude, and suffered a mortal's death, all to offer universal redemption. This egalitarian message resonated powerfully in the mixed societies of the Roman Empire, a hodgepodge of ideology, commerce, and geography. Paul's blend of ethics from his Jewish heritage, teachings from Greek philosophy, and the stoic honor of conscience formed the cornerstones of what he preached. Christianity, through Paul's voice, crafted a new doctrine, a lifeline amidst a floundering Roman society. The decadent and blood-soaked reign of Emperor Nero, marked by patricide and domestic brutality, found a stark antithesis in Paul's chastity of thought and deed. When disaster struck Rome through flames, Nero seized upon the Christians as his culprits, marking the beginning of a violent chapter for Paul and his fellow believers. In the shadow of revolt and Roman backlash, Christianity's heart only beat stronger, 
disciples meticulously gathered Paul's epistles and stories of Jesus' life, creating narratives in the Gospels that presented a revolutionary archetype, a God who was both master and servant, whose crucifixion was a vivid testament to a radical new ethos. This formidable genesis was enshrined in the texts that would form the New Testament. Yet, as Christian ideology burgeoned, it was often met with savage resistance. In what is now France, the spectacle of Christian persecution turned arenas into stages of barbarism, setting believers against torment for a public's gaze. Yet, Christians met their torments with an unnerving embrace, finding solace in Jesus' exemplary acceptance of his destiny. The Romans grappled with confusion and discomfort. How could these supposed outcasts exhibit such unflinching valor, the very values Romans held dear? As Christianity's roots delved deeper into the ancient world, it became evident that an old order was giving way to something new, something enduring. Part 3. Constantine's conversion ushers in a fusion of faith and imperial influence. In the historic crossroads of Alexandria, the burgeoning Christian community was busy knitting a tapestry of belief that harmonized the intellectual rigors of Jewish and Greek traditions. It was here that a figure like Origen emerged, leveraging the Greek language to advocate for the inclusion of Jewish scriptures as a foundational element of Christian law, the Old Testament. Origen tackled the gnarled question of divine singularity in Christianity shaping the concept of a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Although Origen's life was cut short by his convictions, his last musings pondered a remarkable possibility. Could the Roman behemoth itself bend a knee to Christ? This dream, once an impossibility, crystallized into reality when, in the year 312, Constantine, the emperor himself, embraced the Christian faith. Constantine, while now the foremost Christian, was perplexed by the ideological tumult riddling Christian intellectuals. The debates spanned the spectrum from the nature of Jesus' divinity to the specifics of ritual practice. Desiring clarity and unity, he summoned the theological minds to Nicaea in 325. Here, they hammered out creedal statements, affirming the oneness of Father and Son, an intertwined Roman administrative prowess with Christian ecclesiastical order, an indelible fusion that changed the religion's trajectory. The burgeoning Christian ethos introduced a novel construct to society. Charity, a once maligned notion associated with weakness, was rebranded as a virtue of faith. This shift ignited the embers of an early welfare conception, providing a salve to the wealthy Christian's conscience. Could affluence be reconciled with the selflessness exemplified by Christ? They rationalized their riches as the means to extend benevolence to the less fortunate. The world order trembled as turmoil engulfed the empire. Rome, once invincible, fell prey to the Goths in 410, precipitating a cascade of societal transformation. Western Europe, now in the grips of warlords and ecclesiastical authorities, was still at the mercy of wealth. And amid this upheaval, the doctrine evolved. Wealth was not only a blessing, but a divine endorsement. The pursuit of sanctity was no longer the exclusive realm of the devoted few. It had transmuted into a potent symbol 
and source of power in this reordered world. Part 4. The Dark Turn of Religious Zealotry From Consolidation to Condemnation As Christianity wound its tendrils through the fabric of society, the 5th century witnessed its near-complete dominion over the religious landscape of Europe. The remnants of ancient pagan faiths lingered only in the shadows of the most secluded hamlets. Those who did not embrace Christianity were not merely considered misguided. They were cast as agents of a newly articulated nemesis, Satan. To eradicate these holdouts, the Christian focus turned to rigorous evangelism, expressed through monasteries and convents entrenched in the far-flung frontiers of Europe. These religious bastions, blessed by the burgeoning authority of the papacy, became beacons that drew scores of devout souls. Their dual conviction, to vanquish wickedness and cleanse themselves of sin, was unwavering. This era marked a turning point in how Christians perceived Jews, who steadfastly denied Jesus' divine lineage. Once a matter of theological descent, the Christian view of Jews morphed into one of existential peril, bolstered by the belief in a cosmic battle against darkness. The emergence of Islam, with both its nascent faith and expanding military wellspring, ignited additional fears. As Arab forces made spectacular gains throughout the Middle East and Southern Europe, the urgency for a unified Christian front became critical. Their answer lay in compulsion, conversion by force if necessary. The mantle of this aggressive Christian expansion was taken up by a figure colossal in history, Charlemagne. Allying with the Church's might and crowned Holy Roman Emperor by the Pope, Charlemagne was not content with passive proselytization. His army's swords brought the choice of death or conversion to thousands, carving a path of conversion soaked in blood. Yet Charlemagne's legacy hinged on an ideology that blended baptism with enlightenment. Priests thus became the guardians and distributors of all realms of knowledge. His strategy bore fruit as Europe gradually succumbed to Christian influence. A telling moment came when a descendant of convert barbarians, Otto the Great, repelled waves of pagan Hungarians, safeguarding the now Christian Europe. For his triumph, he was bestowed the emblematic title of Holy Roman Emperor. Through conflict and conquest, the continent was being chiseled into a hub of Christian faith, a journey fraught with violence but unwavering in its march towards Christendom. Part 5. The Papal Game of Thrones. How Gregory VII Redefined Christian Morality. In a bid to cement the Church's grip over Christendom, Pope Gregory VII launched an authoritative crusade that would transform the ecclesiastical landscape. With a doctrine chilling in its resolve, heretics, real or perceived, found themselves facing the inferno, their lives forfeit to the flames. Such dramatic displays of the Church's might left little room for dissent across European lands, and the masses quickly learned that questioning the Church was a perilous endeavor. Gregory VII was not just a man of adamantine religious fervor. His political acumen was equally formidable. Calculated maneuvers unfastened the Church's direct influence over national rulers, granting them a semblance of political autonomy. Yet, this apparent concession belied a deeper consolidation of power, 
as the reimagined world still danced to the tune of the Pope's puritanical ideals. In this new order, the separation of church and state paradoxically magnified the Pope's reach, remolding him into a figure of unrivaled dominion over the Christian populace. The sweeping reach of papal authority now touched everyone, from crowned heads to the common folk. The mandate of celibacy for the clergy was one of Gregory's instruments to purify the church from earthly entanglements, casting sexuality as a vice best left unexplored. Amid this new paradigm, women found themselves cornered by doctrine, largely relegated to roles subservient to men, captured by the mirroring views of Aristotle and a male-dominated church. As the status of women ebbed, the church hoisted the Virgin Mary as an emblem of unblemished femininity, contrasting sharply with the natural desires of women. The church's recalibration of sexuality saw it as inherently sinful, meticulously cordoning off marriage as the sole sanctified context for sexual relations, and self-appointing itself as the gatekeeper of matrimonial legitimacy. This ecclesiastical coup d'etat did more than dictate personal lives. It shifted political power dynamics, stripping families and clans of their marital sovereignty, a function once crucial for reinforcing alliances. Unsurprisingly, this sweeping reformation of societal norms and power structures sowed seeds of discontent. Tensions simmered beneath the veneer of obedience, setting the stage for a European response that would challenge the very foundations of papal dictate. Part 6. Reformation Whispers Turn to Roars Against Papal Authority As the 15th century dawned, murmurs of discontent rippled through the fabric of Europe. The papacy, which claimed to guide the faithful towards a heavenly life, seemed to falter in alleviating earthly suffering as plagues and wars ravaged the continent. To the east, the advancing Ottoman Turks pressed against Europe's borders like dark clouds on the horizon. Amidst these trials, an audacious Italian named Christopher Columbus petitioned the Spanish monarchs Isabella and Ferdinand. He spun a vision of maritime discovery, a quest for a novel passage to India laden with the promise of wealth that would bolster a holy crusade to reclaim Jerusalem. In 1492, his sails caught the wind, embarking on a journey that would inadvertently bridge worlds. Columbus's voyages unlocked a new expanse far from the Indian shores he sought, a vast land unfamiliar to Europeans, teeming with souls ripe for the Christianizing harvest. This mission inspired the conquistador Hernán Cortés, a man who likened himself to the biblical Moses, though in truth his methods echoed Charlemagne's ruthless conversions more than scriptural deliverance. The vibrant Aztec civilization fell beneath his blade, its people enslaved in the wake of his mercenary so-called salvation. The stark contradictions of the Spanish conquests, brutality masked as evangelism, weren't lost on many Christians worldwide. Disillusionment festered as the papal office's taxation strained them further, sowing seeds of rebellion within the Christian heartlands. It was a quiet German village that became the fulcrum of change. Martin Luther, a friar stirred by conviction, nailed 95 theses to a door in 1517 voicing his grievances not only against church-imposed levies, but also challenging how the pursuit of holiness was defined and imposed. His defiance against the papacy wasn't a mere critique. 
It was a call to fundamentally transform Christianity. Luther's message blazed through the populace, igniting peasant revolts and mass demonstrations demanding the promises of Holy Scripture be fulfilled. The response from the church and its faithful armies was swift and brutal. In the space of a year, a staggering hundred thousand lives were extinguished, their blood seeping into soil and history as Protestants rose and fell under the church's might. What began as a quiver of reformation grew into a tempest of religious revolution, and it was clear that yet another age of conflict and change had dawned. Part 7. Protestantism's Intellectual Ripple Effects Amidst Global Turmoil The swirling clouds of religious dissent and warfare had long darkened the European skies by the late 1600s. The devastating Thirty Years' War pitched Protestants against Catholics, unleashing a storm of conflict that claimed countless lives. For some, hope lay in new horizons. Thus, in 1620, the Mayflower embarked on a voyage to America, its Puritan passengers longing for a sanctuary where they could weave a tapestry of life rooted in their staunch beliefs. The new world, however, was not a blank slate. It bore the stories and spirits of its indigenous inhabitants, whom the Puritans were determined to convert. This zealous intent shielded no qualms about violent conflict over territory considered divinely ordained for their settlement. Following decades of strife, the European stage sought an act of harmony. The Treaty of Westphalia, struck in 1648, became that pivotal denouement, embedding the principles of religious tolerance and the recognition that sovereignty extends to religious choices within one's domain. The winds of change now carried the seeds of secular thought, as figures outside the church questioned and prodded at the fabric of understanding. Among them was Galileo Galilei, whose celestial scrutiny through his telescope challenged the very ethers of doctrine. Outer space, an expanse unbeknownst to biblical authors, could not nullify scripture, Galileo contended but required a more nuanced engagement with sacred texts. The church's response to Galileo, a man who dared to map the stars beyond their heavenly canopies, was to silence and sequester him. Yet, his celestial devotion laid the foundation for a scientific awakening that would continue to unfold beyond his lifetime. In the burgeoning age of enlightenment, intellectuals like Voltaire turned their critique inward, examining humanity with the same fervency that Galileo had watched the skies. Their pens became swords against what they saw as a church mired in bigotry and outmoded dogmas. As reason and faith continued their delicate dance, the Enlightenment further unfurled the tapestries of independent thought from clerical influence. Yet this divergence, marked by intellect and inquiry, edged closer to igniting fresh fires of conflict reflecting a cyclic dance between innovation, ideology, and violence. Part 8. Christianity's Enduring Moral Influence Amid Revolutionary Fervor In an age when Europe was wrestling with the ideals of human kinship, Voltaire's dream of universal brotherhood echoed through the corridors of French society. Yet, disentangling this vision from the deep Christian roots of France demanded a seismic upheaval, one that arrived with the cascade of the French Revolution in 1793. The populous ranks of the sans-culottes, long marginalized and yearning for change, 
became the architects of a new France, one forged in the crucible of conflict, infused with a zeal to demolish the relics of the past, revolutionaries tore into sacred edifices with sledgehammers, toppling statues and consecrated symbols alike. Their uprising reshaped France, monarchy toppled, the guillotine claimed royal blood and a declaration surged forth. Human rights existed independently of Christianity, timeless and inalienable, and the revolution was their zealous sentinel. The proof of their conviction lay in the blood of hundreds of thousands sacrificed for this cause. Though stained by violence, the French Revolution advanced progressive currents in its tumultuous wake. Yet as ever, power's allure twisted pure intentions and the revolutionary spirit faltered. Monarchical rule returned like the tide, drawing lines of power anew and entrenching a bulwark against further societal upheaval. Amidst this flux, one conviction endured, the moral condemnation of slavery. In 1814, Britain and France united in a declaration, born of Protestant reformism and revolutionary thought, denouncing enslavement as an affront to universal morals. These ideals of human rights began to permeate European engagement with the wider world. Across the Atlantic, a nascent United States embraced its founding paradigms in the garb of the Enlightenment, though traces of its roots sprung from biblical soil. The rights of life, liberty and happiness bore the imprints of Genesis more than the disparities of the 18th century would admit. The impulse to propagate Christian virtue wasn't confined to domestic reform. Britain, once enriched by the vile slave trade, now turned its gaze outward with missionary zeal. It declared that the scourge of slavery could not be expunged until the globe, starting with Africa, was illuminated by Christ's teachings. Thus, the era witnessed a dual quest, a scramble not only for souls but for wealth and dominion under the auspices of divine providence. Part 9. Challenges to Faith, Science, War, and a Changing World As the 19th century waned, Christianity strove to reconcile spiritual doctrine with the natural world. Advocates of natural theology marveled at the divine intricacy manifest in nature. The butterfly's metamorphosis became a symbol of God's meticulous craftsmanship. Yet the ground beneath Christianity trembled with the publication of Charles Darwin's On the Origin of Species in 1860. Darwin's theory of evolution and natural selection upended millennia-old beliefs, positing that the complexities of life, including human existence, were the results of evolutionary processes rather than divine intervention. This seismic shift in thought clashed with the Christian virtues of turning weakness into strength and finding triumph in humility. If Darwin's principles held true, then the charity so central to Christianity seemed at odds with the notion of survival of the fittest. These scientific debates coincided with an age of industrial titans, whose swelling fortunes cast long shadows over the Christian ethos of aid. Industrial magnates like Andrew Carnegie espoused a self-reliant philosophy, suggesting that individual initiative was preferable to dependency on philanthropy. As the first decades of the 20th century unfolded, faith itself appeared to be a crumbling edifice. 
The cataclysm of World War I presented a gruesome theater to argue against divine protection. In those trenches, some soldiers found solace or stark reality in the musings of Friedrich Nietzsche, namely his declaration of God's demise at the hands of modernity. Conversely, for many, the stark parallels between the crucified Christ and the suffering of soldiers rendered Christianity more poignant than ever. It offered solace amidst loss, a balm for families grappling with the heart-wrenching void left by fallen soldiers. Christianity entered the early 20th century balancing on the edge of a knife, its role ambivalent, yet its presence undeniable. In the face of war, societal change, and existential doubt, the faith found itself confronting its most profound test, setting the stage for an era that would probe the very essence of belief. Part 10. Christianity's thread weaves through modern history and present times. In the bleak shadow of World War I, a tragedy that shook European society to its core, the seeds were sown for a new and ominous chapter. In Germany, Adolf Hitler, a figure of mesmeric political ascent, spearheaded the rise of National Socialism. For a time, he co-opted Christian terminology to galvanize support. Yet as his regime solidified, he viewed Christianity's core tenets of compassion as impediments to his totalitarian and racially charged vision. As the dark wave of Nazi ideology unfurled across Europe, Christians stood at an ethical crossroad the imperative to safeguard the Jews and others deemed undesirables by the Nazi stone, or to adhere to the doctrine of loving thy neighbor, the responses were as varied as the believers themselves. The aftermath of the world wars and the Holocaust laid bare the jarring reality. The most profound depths of hell were of human, not divine, creation. Post-war healing sought a beacon, and the arts often serve as a balm. In this landscape, the Beatles' 1967 anthem, All You Need Is Love, resonated with a distinctly Christian message that transcended the music landscape, offering a hopeful refrain in a recovering world. Beyond the musical sphere, the United States saw a renaissance of Christian values in the civil rights movement. Here, Martin Luther King Jr., with a gospel of love and nonviolence, charted a course through a terrain riddled with systemic injustice, his faith an unquenchable source of strength and resolve. Meanwhile, the latter half of the 20th century was marked by the decline of colonial empires, and, again, Christianity found its voice in the liberation narratives. Leaders like Nelson Mandela harnessed the power of forgiveness, a direct echo of the teachings of Jesus, to dismantle the edifice of apartheid. As the dawn of the 21st century broke, Christianity still claimed the spiritual allegiance of millions around the globe. Yet, with the seismic shifts in culture and demography reshaping the historic bastions of faith in Europe and America, the question of Christianity's continued relevance and resonance with emerging generations loomed large. The tapestry of belief, ever-evolving, now waits for new hands to weave its future patterns. Final Summary From its humble beginnings in the ancient world to its profound impact on the course of history, Christianity has left an indelible mark on humanity. Through its shaping of political ideologies, 
spurring of philosophical debate, and challenging of scientific frontiers, Christianity has consistently acted as a catalyst for transformative changes. Even in contemporary times, when secularism appears on the rise and religious affiliation may wane, the echoes of Christian thought and values persist, woven into the very fabric of societies around the world. This enduring legacy attests not only to the religion's historical significance, but also to its embedded influence on the moral and ethical structures that guide countless individuals and nations today. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.